The sampan ride back down the Swallowbird River is uneventful. Everywhere, the dragonfly is floating fat and red in the late afternoon sun. The same oarswoman who rowed us out to the mountain of the fragrant traces now methodically bears us away. We're all tired. Even Crazy Hung, his sunglasses firmly in place, seems to slump in his seat, a cigarette burning down between his fingers. The water is calm, the landscape lush and meditative. And when it comes time to leave the boat, the three of us remain sitting for a moment as if stunned, hardly believing the day is almost over. On the back of Tan's motorcycle, I pass the same sights we saw on the way out. Everything looks familiar, like scenes from a previous life. The harvest still drying in the middle of the road, the people doubled over in the paddies in the fading light. I have spent the last week touring around the northern countryside with Hung and Tan as my guides. After only a few days, I trust them completely. Then Hung pulls up alongside one more time, his motorcycle splashed with mud. He looks at Tan and makes a hand signal before taking off up the road. There, one more thing, Tan shouts over the road of the engine. Because you are lucky, Amy Kwan, yells Tan. Hung thinks maybe she sees us. Ten minutes later, we pull up out front. The simple wooden house is a perfect square, the boards splintery and gray, a ragged cloth hanging in the window in lieu of glass. In the yard, a handful of chickens and pigs cluster in the shade of a tree. This late in the day, the heat still invasive, all smothering. I can tell something is different this time. Something in the way Hung and Tan keep glancing over their shoulders. Neither of them has lit up a cigarette. This not the house, whispers Tan. We just park here. Up close, a black crack weaves across one of his front teeth like a piece of string waiting to unravel. Tan nods to Hung. Go with him, he says. For a moment, he seems like he's about to say more, but he leaves it at that. For the first time all day, Hung has taken off his sunglasses. Pale rings circle his eyes where the sun rarely touches his skin. Already there is a newfound earnestness in his demeanor. Hung, the merry prankster. Hung, who pretended to try to flip the sampan while we were gliding down the Swallowbird River. I had caught a glimpse of this other Hung earlier at the Perfume Pagoda, the way he didn't know which of the two entrances to walk through, the gate to heaven or the gate to hell. And when he followed Tom through the gate to heaven, how even with his sunglasses on, I could see the relief flooding his face. The house is a quarter mile down the road. There are only four other houses in the area, each one also small and wooden, a rusty sheet of corrugated tin on the roof. Firelight flickers in the windows, as we walk, Hung keeps taking deep breaths in through his mouth. He moves with an air of quiet contemplation, head bowed as he leads me to this place he thinks I, of all people, need to be. In the silence, his eyes glisten. Despite his constant clowning, at times I have sensed a deep sadness in him, as if his frequent jesting is keeping an inner darkness at bay. Beside me, he treads like a man without hope. If I didn't know any better, I might think he's afraid of where we are going.
the moon teeters low on the horizon. I can hear crickets and frogs starting to call. Tan and me, our families come from Saigon, Hung says in a low voice. The government doesn't trust Southern people. No Hanoi business will hire us. So we're guides. He looks at me and I nod. Her name's Ta, he says. Rabbit. For Vietnam, she gives up everything.